Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 48. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome to the Five Year Mission Podcast, the only podcast <laughs> hosted by a band called Five Year Mission. <clears throat> Here, let me let me try. Welcome to Five Year Mission, the podcast. Does that sound like Andy Fark? That's it. it uh, I thought I was sitting next to Andy Fark for a second there. Pretty good. That was weird. That was uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we don't need him at all. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so tonight is a special night here on Five Year Mission Podcast. First of all, we don't have Andy Fark hogging the microphone. Wow. Just sticking it in right right away. Maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> we have... Well, it is kind of a... You know what? This is kind of an adversarial podcast. So I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Today. I guess. I think so. Because we're talking about battles. In, in, un, in unconventional battles at that. Yeah. So tonight is about battles. In, in a sense, uh, I have created a new game that I am going to call Star Trek Deathmatch. Star Trek Deathmatch. And it's basically this game where you get two people, they each pick a random character, and then we have those characters battle to the death. It'll make more sense once we get into it. And uh, the even more exciting part is that we have invited some very special guests to help us beta test this first-time game. And so let's introduce those guests. And we will start with Mr. Jim Morehouse. Tell us about yourself, Jim. Uh, Glad to be here, Mike. Uh, I have a podcast. It's called Trek Ranks, (laughs) and I like Star Trek a lot. You know, I went to the Trek Ranks website today. Oh, yeah. For the first time. And (laughs) that makes sense. I went to the the TOS section and I found your list of of episodes interesting. I I had, I feel like we've taught, we've had this conversation before, but I'd never actually seen it in the flesh. And now that I have, I I just, I I have to look at you all kinds of differently. I mean, there's no wrong answers. That's (laughs) our, that's our motto. And you could change it every day. And I actually like the Savage Curtain, <laughs> which I know Chris hates. It, it's okay. You know what? Um, but I it, like it because of the nostalgia of having. I, when I watch it, I think about when I was 10 years old watching it and how awesome it was. Well, and I love alternative factors. So there's that. There you go. Okay. I think it's ridiculous. It's never. S- Alternative factors number 79. Out I, know. Of 80. I know. I know. <laughs> I uh, I have been listening to a, a lot of Trek ranks lately. Um, Glad to hear it. Glad it, to hear that. It's, you know, it, I, I started listening a few years ago and then I kind of fell off and never really continued. And recently I started, I, you know, I was like, maybe I should uh, get caught up on that. And uh, it's, it's embarrassing how low on the list I am. Uh, I just listened to the episode, um, uh, episodes that you grew to love. 
Oh yeah, that's a fun one. What's that? What, what number um, is that? It's like oh, you got some good ones coming up. Yeah, it's like number fifteen, so <laughs> I'm pretty low on the list. No, uh, it's higher than that. But, but uh, oh yeah, no, it is like number fifteen. Wow, you're way behind. Wait till you get to some of the good ones. Like uh, I mean, the Jenny Claire. Rock. <laughs> Wait well, till hey, you get some it, of the good ones. Now, now like, I understand why you let me be on this podcast because you haven't gotten to my <laughs> the way I am. No, on she, uh, C- Claire, Claire has been on at least once so far. Oh, okay, yep. uh, maybe twice. Uh, Jen has not been on any of them yet. Dude, skip to uh, skip to one of Jen's like when we did uh, moments in song. You guys should switch to that. You'll like that guys, one. That one's yeah. great. That's up your alley. You should just you can skip around. That's the beauty of Trek ranks. They they never get dated. That you can yeah, listen to them yeah. in any order, and it's the same show every freaking week. But I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a chronologicalist, so okay, all right. <laughs> I have to re- right. I have to watch in in order. So okay, that's enough about Jim. Yeah, yeah speaking speaking of gin, oh, I was trying to do a segue, but oh, okay. you, now you messed it up. <laughs> well, okay. I'll Jen, just, I'll just sit here quietly. Tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Jen. I also have a podcast. It's called Snap Trek, and I also really love Star Trek. That's it. So what's Snap Trek really? all about? <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us about Snap Trek. Okay, so Snap Trek is a podcast where we take two episodes that are tangentially related in some way um, by theme or 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 even something dumb like like name or you know what I mean just just in in any way that they're related and we um, compare them in a bunch of different categories and we just have a lot of fun with it. it it's it's a competition but it's just for fun um, and we see which episode comes out on top. And we also write a lot of questionable Star Trek poetry. <laughs> I, I I will agree with that. Yes, the 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 questionable part. Question, questionable from my end, I have to admit. Ro- no, Ross is a, it has the heart of a poet. <laughs> I do not. I have the heart of an engineer. <laughs> Got one poet and one engineer. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Claire. uh tell us about yourself claire uh i don't have a podcast so just throw that out there that 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 Uh, is a crime i know i did have one i think we recorded three episodes like five years oh it's have a run yeah 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 it uh it barely existed no i just uh piggyback on everyone else's podcast uh she's a professional guest podcaster (laughs) apparently <laughs> uh yeah no i'm uh, i'm claire i love star trek and uh long walks on the beach i guess <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm hearing i'm hearing a theme here are you uh, it sounds like everybody here loves star trek mm-hmm. uh, it's fair to say it's true it's fact how awkward would it be if someone like one of us was like, actually, I hate Star Trek, or I've never seen it, and then just like, stop, clear. Oops. Stop. Well, that's oh. why we didn't invite Noah to this podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of battles, you know your segues are getting better <laughs> and better. <laughs> I'm watch. so glad you're you're hosting, and I, I'm the co-host. I will. This- I will edit this and rearrange it, and it'll sound like I'm brilliant, smooth as butter. Uh, so tonight we're doing a special uh, thing where that we haven't tried before. So this may be a complete train wreck. It will be, you will undisaster it in editing. Sure, sure, sure. 
Uh, but it might be fun. Uh, that's why I invited these particular guests, because if it is a train wreck, then it's not my fault. <laughs> so uh, I like the silence there. Chris is the only one <laughs> laughing. Uh, <laughs> We've all been involved in pod- podcasting train wrecks before. So. <laughs> uh, the idea that I had was that uh, each each uh, guest on the podcast, including Chris. So uh, I'm I'm you know like the host of this and Chris is one of my contestants uh each contestant came up with a list of characters and submitted them to me nobody knows what each other's characters are and we're going to randomly select those characters to battle to the death and then at the end of the battle uh the other contestants will all vote to decide who won the battle so uh, i hope you guys don't mind being guinea pigs can't wait okay we'll just get right to it here Star Trek Deathmatch. Star Trek Deathmatch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I brought a die so I can roll it. Who, who's who's the first oh, matchup? How, yeah. how are we doing the venues? And we're doing venues and oh, we're doing we... venues. Yes, too? yes. So oh, I, uh, yeah, forgot I forgot about that. This this is why I don't normally host these things. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I came up with a list of venues, as Jim called it, and I think that's a good word. I came up with six. Uh, venues that's uh, I've already got those lined up and I've got the uh, the order of who will battle who lined up we just have to roll to find out uh, which characters they're going to have um, and then they will have three minutes let me get my timer set on my phone here I don't need three minutes three minutes that's a long time <laughs> that's way too long well, you have 60 seconds I'll throw out my argument in 10 seconds done the, there are six total yeah. rounds okay uh, each of you will compete tw- or three times again, once one time against each of the other contestants. Mm. Uh, and mm. then, okay, here's what we're doing. <laughs> Mike. I, I work do in sports. We're doing that. It's like group play in soccer. So then we'll do a, everyone. We do everyone plays the other one one time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you have your, uh, your one loss record and we go from there. Yeah. And by the way, it should be like opening statements, like 30 seconds each. And then you debate for a minute and then you move on. There you and go. Mike's and who's deciding the winner? Mike, you're doing it, right? Uh, well, the the other three. Oh, uh, so the host. Ooh, me, that's dangerous because then you get you yeah. get some bitterness. Like, oh, you vote for me <laughs> in the last right, one. Right, right. We'll see that, 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 that you you have to you, you have to be voted on by your peers. Okay. Uh, and you know, and me, right. the, the the Metron or whatever, you know, the the one in control oh. and everything. You can't be too precious with it, Jim. <laughs> Voting unfairly. <laughs> we do that I, on Snapchat, you know, would, five rounds would, every Snapchat, and I would never hold a grudge. Oh, never, <laughs> not you. <laughs> All right. So first up, uh, we're gonna have Claire versus Chris. I gotta go first. Yep. Man. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, and the venue is stranded in shuttle pod one. What <laughs> have you oh, seen? I Enterprise, love I like that. Oh, yeah, okay, changes everything. Is, is that the one word? It does, it changes, yeah. Trip, trip, and read, and read, and trap in the shuttle pod. Yeah, okay. And you're in, okay. and here's and the catch is you're gonna That's die close anyway. quarters. Yeah, you're gonna die yeah. anyway. Hey, they get rescued. Wait, okay. Before, before I'm not gonna spoil one of my picks here, but are you rolling to see which pick it is, or have you already decided it? Uh, no, I'm rolling. It oh is, my god. It is, okay. Uh, yes. It is left. <laughs> not up all of my picks will physically fit inside. That. Oh well, then that's it that way. <laughs> Interesting. Carry on. <laughs> up first, Claire versus Chris. 
in uh, Stranded in Shuttle Pod 1, Claire's character is <laughs> Beverly Crusher in Irish setter form. In what? <laughs> <laughs> Did you yeah, say in Irish Claire. setter form? <laughs> so, uh, uh, you did not disappoint yeah. Claire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Versus who? Yeah. Yeah. Versus the Mugato. Oh, <laughs> this is good actually. This is stranded in Shuttle Pod One. So, Chris, uh, Congratulations, uh, or Chris. Claire, Claire, do you want to tell us uh, about your character wow. really quick? Uh, sure. So, my character is Dr. Beverly Crusher, the uh, CMO of the flagship Federation. Long story short, Beverly Crusher gets turned into a dog by Q, and it's like uh, kind of sexist. But at the same time, she's a dog, and this was a death match. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something weird. So here we go. Um, she's an Irish setter, I believe. All right, dog okay. person. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, up, I'm up to speed. Yeah. Uh, Chris, yeah. you want to tell us about your character? The Mugato? Yeah. Well, um, it's not a Mugato. Is it, it's, not it's, a, not a, it's not a Gumato. Is, is it pizza? It's not. As, <laughs> as Noah likes to say. It's not pizza. Uh, the Mugato is, I don't even remember what planet it's from. It was in a private little war. Tyree's and, planet. Yeah. Ty, Tyree's planet and a big hairy ape like beast with a horn and claws and all kinds of attitude. All right. <laughs> okay. Now that we've given our characters backstories up next, we're going to do our opening statements. Each of you will have 30 seconds to explain why your character will win in a death match. We'll start with Claire. Okay. Uh, this dog has the, all the intelligence and knowledge of a human living in the 24th century. Sharp teeth and is more nimble in a small space like a, an NX-01 era shuttle pod. I believe that it would be able to rip the Magato to shreds if Beverly Crusher was willing to do that. I think she has proven herself a badass. When she does fire her phaser, she never misses. So I think in dog form, you know, like I think she would I think she would go for it. Go, Chris. So the Magato is quite large, has some tough skin and fur. Not only can it bite, but it's poisonous. The bite is poisonous. And it's got a big pointy horn on its head. Did I mention how strong it is? Have you seen how strong this thing is? It's just like this big ape-like humanoid. It's... It's it's pretty scary, and I think it would probably trounce a dog, no matter how nimble that dog is. 30 seconds are up. Battle. Okay. Uh, again, I think the dog, Beverly, with Beverly Crusher's human intelligence, is small enough to run between the legs or stay underneath the Magato and bite up into the soft, fleshy, sensitive areas of the Magato. I assume <laughs> Beverly Crusher is at least somewhat aware of their anatomy and knows where best to bite. That's cruel. However, uh, the Mugato is, is pretty close to the ground. Even though it is humanoid, it kind of hunches over like, like you know, it has that ape-like hunch. And so if a dog was racing under, trying to race under its legs, I'm pretty sure that it would be able to grab it and and try to get a bite in. And even if that dog went for the, the tasty niblets there and got in there, I think even grabbing the dog and lifting it from behind and, you know, get, giving it a good bite, that would, I mean, that would seal its doom. I think dog Beverly Crusher would take, they would go down together then because she's not letting go with that vicious dog bite. So as he pulls and yanks, she will continue to grab on 
can't believe I'm talking about Beverly Crusher biting an animal. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't think she would let go. And I think the Magato would either kill itself or maim itself in the process or would stop yanking as the pain became too intense. I don't know. This is I, so weird. I, I think the Mugato in pain is is legit, but that's not dead. And you get bit by the Mugato unless you get the uh the, the that root, the medicinal root. You you and if you're in a, you know, in in the ship that no one's coming to rescue you, who's going to die first? I think yeah. it would be the dog. It might be, but I think they would both probably bleed out. I think the Mugatu might bleed out after Dr. Beverly Crusher dies from the poison. But whoever beams that that shuttlecraft aboard or brings it into their shuttle bay is going to have an insane diorama before them when they open <laughs> A story it to tell. <laughs> All right, that's time. So, other peers... What do you think? Uh, excellent job. Excellent job by both of you. Great arguments. I was wondering if someone was going to maybe argue that we don't know that a Mugato's venom would affect a dog. We don't know that as fact. Yeah. So True. that would be. But I have to I have to say the only, Claire, you made a great argument. And I think if this had been on the surface of Galorndon Core, I might <laughs> go with the Irish setter as uh, as outlasting and being able to, to move quicker and run around and keep a distance. But inside shuttle pod one, I have to go with the Bugatti. That's fair. I mean, my ultimate argument yeah. was, yeah, you're right. It would probably die. <laughs> yep. uh, Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, Claire, I, I was amazed by your arguments. <laughs> you made some excellent points. I think if Beverly Crusher was a different type of dog than an Irish setter, then we might be having a different conversation. But I, I think a Mugato could uh, snap the Irish setter's neck yeah. while it's going for its bits and pieces. Sorry, Jen, um, if, if she was a different kind of what? A different kind of what? <laughs> different. <laughs> Don't do it, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <did> I... <laughs> a dog? A different it's kind a... of dog? <laughs> What's well, a different kind of dog? Dog, dog. <laughs> we would be having different conversations. So my point's going to the Mugato. <laughs> on with dialects. Yes. You know, I focused on the bite, but the Mugato is really strong too. Right. And yeah. I, you know, I didn't even consider the fact that it's in close quarters and yeah. the yeah, Mugato just starts swinging. I mean, you, yeah. you there's just nowhere yeah. for the dog to go. I don't know right, if the dog yeah. would ever even be able to get in to yeah. the Mugato to do any be, damage. You gotta be careful inside that shuttle pod though. Like start, start swinging. You might bust some panels open and you know, I just want to say, stranded in but like, if, if Beth could run around, you know, in a bigger environment, you might maybe have a, a, a larger uh, area. To like bite maybe, and run, bite maybe. and run. Yeah. So what what was your final decision, Jen? Mugato. I, I think that uh, it would take a while for the Mugato to catch the dog, but I think sheer strength would win out in the end, in that in, in the close quarters like that. I mean, even Kirk went down to the Mugato. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, the, the, the Mako root saved his life. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna yeah, and 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 there's no Mako root, so you yeah. know, even if even if Beverly knew the the cure for the poison, she has no way to get it. You know, really, I think Beverly's best bet in that situation would be to find a hole and crawl into it and hide. 
But then the Mugatu you can just rip the wall open and get to uh, her. It depends on where you where you, where you find. And 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 they, they have like dog spacesuits. And it, and if if the Mugatu rips open the wrong wall, then they're all dead anyway. That's so. true. That's true. Moving on. Great start to Star Trek. Yeah, Death. yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, that was that, that, was, so that was great. Uh, so good. Be- better than I imagined. So. <laughs> Uh, up next, we're going to have uh, Jim versus Claire. Oh, man. First uh, is Worf. That, is that my Worf? Uh, no, that is Jim's Worf. Oh, okay. Wait, okay. <laughs> Spoiler. Hey, no, that's all right. Uh, sorry, Jim, Jim's Worf, which is just regular old Worf versus... Abraham Lincoln. Yes. <laughs> uh, aboard the Saratoga at Wolf 359. Ooh. Oh boy. Okay. Ooh. So, Jim, uh, you know, mo- most of our listeners probably know who Worf is, but my you- character is Worf, son of Moog, uh, <laughs> and uh, Chancellor to the Klingon Empire at one point. I don't even can't remember the timeline. Uh, it's Worf. Yes. The famous Klingon. Uh, Claire, do you want to tell us about uh, your your character? Sure. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the venue, uh, which is aboard the Saratoga <laughs> at Wolf 359. Uh, Wolf 359 is where the Federation fought the Borg. It's like, you know, this huge battle that they had there. Uh, many, many people died, including Jennifer Sisko who was aboard the Saratoga where Benjamin Sisko was the second or first officer, first officer, right? Yeah. Uh, of the Saratoga. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, in, in the first episode of D space nine. Okay. So the Saratoga in, in the battle of Wharf three, five, nine ends, ends up exploding. <laughs> yeah. Which so like the, everyone's getting yeah, yeah, so there, there's a time. You have, factor yeah. Here. Yeah. You basically, uh, you're going to have 30 seconds to uh, give an opening statement, and then you have two minutes to get out of the Saratoga before it blows up. So they're not actually just like one escape pod or Wait something. Wait. Yeah, yeah, why would they why would they deathmatch each other? Shouldn't they work together to escape their ultimate device? That, that's, that's not, not how this up works, to Claire. us to decide. So basically, uh, right. for some reason, Worf has ended up on the Saratoga at Wolf 359, and Abraham Lincoln showed up, and there's only one escape pod. There you go. And they need to decide who's going and who's not. And Jim, okay. go. Okay. Well, Worf is one of the greatest fighters in the history of Star Trek. However, unfortunately, I did have in my notes that except when defending the Enterprise or his <laughs> shipmates, he's really bad at that. But anytime he's like fighting other Klingons or really needs to uh, defend someone's honor, and sh- he shows up, and he never goes down. He never stops. He's Worf. He's relentless. He always has uh, an angle, whether it's defeating Gowron or defeating the Jem'Hadar and then Purgatory Shadow. Worf is the best uh, fighter, straight up, that we've probably ever seen in Star Trek. All Just right. from sheer relentlessness. It's enough, Jim. It's enough. <laughs> Claire. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is notoriously vulnerable to headwinds. <laughs> However, I posit this. Do you, does Worf really want to be known forever as the guy who killed Abraham Lincoln again? <laughs> the end. I rest my case. All right. 
Okay, so they're fighting, and Worf <laughs> is like, I can use my bat lift, but he's like, what's the point? And he reaches behind, and he takes out the mechlet that he always keeps in his back there. <laughs> and it's over. Sorry, it's Abraham no, no. Lincoln, and it's Worf. It's, <laughs> but and see, then Worf's going to go find a... a uh, <laughs> an escape pod and join Sis- the Cisco's uh, in that uh, little. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Claire, how how would Abraham Lincoln prevent this? So absolutely, Abraham Lincoln is physically vulnerable here. He will not fight. I mean, he's Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I, however, think that Worf's sense of honor would prevent him from wanting to pull a weapon on Abraham Lincoln in the first place. Okay, it's fair, but it turns out that this Abraham Lincoln is really serial evil. killer. It's like an yeah. evil version of oh, Abraham Lincoln. Okay. But here's the key. Here's oh, the key shit. element. This is the venue that. here is Worf's. Worf knows he knows Ooh. the Saratoga. Abraham Lincoln has no idea what the f is going on. He's like, it's the twenty-fourth century. I'm on a spaceship, it's about to explode. By the way. It's, it's in, over. In case any listeners don't understand why Abraham Lincoln was even a viable character in this death match. <laughs> like, uh, he does he does show up in the future at some point. And he doesn't seem all that bothered by the fact that he's in the future and like talking to aliens and stuff. That's he, fair, but then he lets but, he, but then he lets the Kang and I mean uh <laughs> Genghis Khan and those guys just and Colonel Green just completely sucker him like. <laughs> help me spunk i mean it's like come on abraham lincoln gets suckered and and savage curtain we talked about savage curtain here we go i mean the the spear in the back he just did not put up a fight true i just don't see Worf being the kind of fighter who would be duplicitous or use trickery i mean come on man good argument but this abraham lincoln's evil 15 seconds why Uh, because he's been moved forward to the 24th century and it's messed up his mind. He's had oh, okay. Mentors. I don't. I don't yeah. remember that part of the episode yeah, no, at I, all. I, it was. It was yeah. off. Off script. It wasn't oh, off script. Okay. Just because you don't see it on screen doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. All right. Okay, it's, we're done. I'm gonna yep. get steamrolled. It's cool. I, I just got to use Abraham Lincoln, and that's all it's, I wanted. It's <laughs> okay. So, Jen, uh, what do you think? So I think the venue comes to play once again here because I really think that if Worf sees a confused civilian, even if he didn't know who Abraham Lincoln was, <laughs> he would give him the escape pod because he's honorable Starfleet officer. So I think the only person leaving the Saratoga before it blows up is Abraham Lincoln in this scenario. Wow, that, that's... Thank you. <laughs> Chris, that works against me. Sorry. Well, I consider myself somewhat of an expert on the Savage Curtain, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, if, for those who don't know, Chris uh, drew the Savage Curtain to write a song yeah. for the five-year mission. And it's Can't been, wait to hear it. It's, it's been the bane of his existence for, for a couple of years now. Hey, you know what? I shined that turd, okay? <laughs> shined it right up. So, Chris. Anyway, so the thing about Abraham Lincoln in the Star Trek universe is that he's not really Abraham Lincoln. He's just a manifestation of Abraham Lincoln that isn't actually Abraham Lincoln. And everybody else knows he's not Abraham Lincoln, even though he keeps insisting, oh, yes, I am. That's a good point. But everybody, they, they talk to him like he is because he clearly thinks he is. But this Does isn't Worf really Abraham notice? Lincoln. And Worf... I don't know. I mean, this is a tough one, but Worf 
if he knew who Abraham Lincoln was, he would understand that this is not Abraham Lincoln and would shiv the bastard and <laughs> jump in the pod. That's that's so I think Worf. I think Worf Worf gets it just just because if he knew who Abraham Lincoln was, he would know this was not Abraham Lincoln. He would understand that. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. I think that Worf would recognize the fact that he has less than two minutes to get out of the ship. He knows it's about to explode. Abraham Lincoln pops up, whether he knows who he is or not from history, he's going to know that this is some kind of alien entity that's in my way and I need to get out of here. Well, what if he just walks around the corner? He's like, oh, hello, ridged head man. Will you help me find my way out? Who's this guy in like a, a hat? You know, that- <laughs> Well, he doesn't know. I mean, it's space fashion. <laughs> I mean, you see the kind of things they wear on their ships? That's true. Um, going with the rules of this particular game, having honor or goodness or whatever is out the window. I mean, regardless, they must battle to the death. I disagree, but I got to edge, give Jim the edge just because of the, the unrealness. So that's interesting. There's three, so three, so three different angles for the vote. Yeah. But But Mike's Mike's the decider. Yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with war for just for the fact that, I mean, he's, he's gonna, he's going to be stronger than Abraham Lincoln. He's going to be quicker. And, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. You know, he, he, he does claim that he's the real guy, but we, we all know he's not. And he should just die. I'm, I'm just really glad that we I made us all have this serious conversation. <laughs> so good. Excellent. Claire, you're, you're, you're killing it. You're killing so many quotes to take out of context about Thank you so much Abraham for Lincoln. bringing oh, Savage Curtain back into my life again. I love it. I love it. So uh, I guess I guess the point goes to, to Jim for that one. Yeah, I'd say so. To Worf. Okay. Moving on. Next will be Chris versus Jen. Oh, boy. All right. So, Chris. Chris's character is Lazarus. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Versus Pa Wraith Ducat from Tears of the Prophets. Pa Wraith? Come on. (laughs) I I just love Jim's reaction to Lazarus. Last it's a, this is a good matchup. I can't that makes wait me laugh. to hear this. So uh Lazarus versus Parrace Ducat. Which, wait, which one? Which one? Uh, uh, aboard uh 1701 exactly. and, and a glowing ball turns all of the weapons into swords. Wait, what? Oh, it's Day of the Dove setting? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Day what? of the what? Dove. You're on the seven the, the NCC 1701 and a glowing ball is turning all of the weapons into swords. Oh swords so uh chris tell us about your your character so lazarus as you know is a man of two minds (laughs) sorry uh lazarus was uh a man on a planet with a machine that kind of set him (laughs) Into this, what what is it? A like it was a, like a void or something. It was not a void, but it was an, like a negative zone. Yeah, like a negative zone, and there were there were actually two Lazaruses, and Lazari. they Lazari, and they would battle one another for uh, supremacy, I guess, 
And so Lazarus, he's a guy. He's two guys. Yeah, he's he's two guys, but he's one. He's two guys. He's right. two guys, but he's one. That's right. All right, uh, Jen, tell us about your your yeah. character. Okay, so Goldicott is an evil Cardassian warlord who presided over the occupation of Bajor. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly, definitely. And <laughs> and in this instance, I, I, I've chosen um, the Ducat from Tears of the Prophets, in which he is currently possessed by a Paw Wraith. A Paw Wraith is uh, an evil fire demon, I guess, the quickest way to, to describe that. Okay. So wow, this matchup's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, opening statements, Chris. Go. Okay, so Lazarus, Lather. I keep saying Lathereth. <laughs> so Lathereth. Wow. Okay. Twenty La- seconds. Lazarus has he? What he'd do is he'd use his device, this machine, whatever it is. I don't know. It's like a little ship, and he gets in there and he goes into this negative zone and he makes peace with his other self and brings both Lazarus's Lazari into the same place. And so they're ready to do battle. And of course they're snatching up right, knives and swords. Jen, uh, <laughs> opening statement. <clears throat> okay. So uh, at this point in the story, uh, Ducat has been driven to madness by the death of Zial. Uh, and he is just a, a killing machine. He's real. yeah. He's, he's got glowing red eyes. He's got, beams of fire that he can shoot out of his chest oh. um he doesn't, needs business doesn't mind he needs destruction he doesn't mind killing a trail unfortunately or anybody else and he could handle one or oh, two now I know lazarides <laughs> so. all right ready we'll start with jen go okay um well i mean ducat we've seen ducat fight uh before we haven't ever seen him fight with a sword that I can remember, but I'm, I I think he'd be able to handle himself with a sword, especially uh, with his 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 bloodlust that he's under uh, at this point. Um, but I honestly I don't think he'd even need them because he does have have the fire that shoots out of his chest that he can use to um, to kill Lazarus the same way he's he killed our beloved Trill. <laughs> this was tough, but. It is a two-on-one battle. And in this case, the thing about the Lazari is that they hate each other. So the one the one that got pulled into this battle would be really upset that he was pulled into this battle. So he would be trying to get the other the other other Lazarus killed, and that Lazarus would just be trying to survive. So they'd be almost fighting themselves, which would be confusing for Ducat. Would be like, what is going on here with these two crazy weird goateed men? And so in the confusion, I think that Lazarus could suddenly come together and 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 fight off Ducat. Also, the Lazarus has the ability to jump into this negative zone, given his the ability to, you know, I mean, he had to go in there to get his, his buddy. So so there's a little bit of subterfuge there, getting out and coming back in, you know, hiding and I think the Lazarus could pull it off. Jen, do you have a, a counter? Yeah, I mean, I think they'd be too busy fighting each other to even notice that Ducat was there, and and Ducat wouldn't have to do anything. He would just wait for them to destroy each other. <laughs> or when he got tired of watching them, he then he would release his his ener- his fire energy. And you also just have to consider the fact over. that Ducat is quite arrogant. 
And yes. so would Ducat even see Lazarus as a threat? Because Lab- Lazarus... <laughs> Jadzia wasn't a threat either. Jadzia was a powerful warrior. <laughs> Lazarus... <laughs> I can't say his name. Think of the department store. Lazarus is, I, I mean, he can't even keep his goatee straight. So let's, I, I think that as a threat, Lazarus would be very uh, low, uh, <laughs> a low threat level. And so when Ducat was too busy, you know, killing people who were threats, and after he saw that these two were fighting, I think that would be a good opening to, to for the attack i so mean when they attack them with the swords yeah i guess yeah. i mean that's all there is we, right we've, we've gone but, way over time here okay so <laughs> my bad you gotta be careful not to get chris talking rambling not to get him going just keep all right going. I, i'll yeah. get up. excellent job by both combatants <laughs> uh chris really did try to sell it with the <laughs> and the in the misdirection, but like Ducat would just have two red laser beam fires out of his hands and destroy them both. This is not a contest as much as uh, Lazarus is uh, is a tricky opponent. The, the, the one All thing Ducat's you, a good a good pick. The, the one thing. That, no, go ahead. The, the one thing that you sold us on for sure, Chris, is that Lazarus is not a threat. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, and like, <laughs> Ducat's whole deal is like messing with people who are not a threat. Like, he wouldn't yeah. have occupied Bajor if he, if people That's not being point. a threat to him was actually a, a, a factor. See, I think I, I, I need to explain why I chose Lazarus in the first place. The reason why is because I thought he was such a wild card because there were two of them. And then you mm. pull up... Yeah, right. but, yeah, you did get a bad pull. It's like that. okay, yeah. so it's like no, but even so, saying these two guys hate each other so much, they're going to focus on fighting each other versus their actual enemy. They could be fighting Abraham Lincoln, and that would actually give Abraham Lincoln <laughs> yeah. an advantage. Like I was, Abraham I was, Lincoln probably knows how to use the sword. Uh, that's true. I would, right? I guess. I don't know. More I, likely I, I than Ray's guy. <laughs> I was, I was looking for anything. Any, any kind of justification, I, I accept defeat on that. And sneaking into the dimension, I mean, that's they would sneak in they, there they could, and never they could come hide, out. and then it's a stalemate. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. My my vote would definitely go to Ducat. That's fair. Uh, next up will be Chris versus Jim. Oh, Chris's character is. Wesley Crusher. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like which version? Hey, let him argue his own yeah. Wesley Crusher. Let him argue. He's gonna be like, uh, first season TNG, Wesley Crusher. And he's got a little he's got a he's got a, a repeller beam. He's got a repeller beam. And he, that, that is a fair question. And a because, nice sweater. because all no, you said not... was Wesley Crusher. So do you do you he, want to define can... Wesley Crusher as we know Wesley Crusher? Yeah. Today. Of course, so, so adult, adult Wesley traveler Crusher. Wesley Crusher. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right, Wesley Crusher from that's a, that's a good pick from Picard. Yeah. All right. Oh, I already rolled. Uh, Jim's character is James Tiberius Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. And the, what's the venue? I like the, this one. These two will be battling 
uh, on the Enterprise E deflector dish during a Borg takeover. Amazing. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Jim, opening statement. Uh, oh, no. my uh, Yeah, my character is Captain or, James yeah, T. Yeah, Kirk. Yeah, tell us about Everyone your knows James T. Kirk. He's uh, the hero of Starfleet and never loses. It's that simple. Well, he did once. No, he never loses. <laughs> You want to you want to tell us about Traveler Wesley Crusher? Well, <clears throat> Wesley Crusher began as a mild mannered ensign. Actually, he was just the boy child of Beverly Crusher, the doctor on the Enterprise D. Enterprise D, right? The, Look at me, China. The Irish Make, settler Beverly Crusher. No, the human version. And uh, he was famously told to shut up by Picard. It was a rueful day for him. And ever since then, he became the genius engineer, uh, just all around smart guy that he became. And then what do you know? He becomes, uh, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you like an omnipotent, like an omnipotent being known as the traveler who, uh, travels and stuff. (laughs) He ascended to a higher plane of existence. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's Wesley. He, I mean, he doesn't necessarily. Well, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> All right. So uh, these two characters are on the deflector dish of Enterprise E, and there are Borg surrounding them. Opening statements, Jim. Okay. It doesn't matter if an alien superpower kidnapped me, or if I was put face to face with a dangerous enemy. None of that matters. <laughs> if I, I get myself into this mess. I'm going to fight to the death and then defend myself with every breath. That's what Kirk does. He uses his friends, Bones, Spock, Sulu, Yahura. He uses all of them. And he puts his hands together, swings like he's holding a bat, ducks when he swings, you know, and he hits him with a karate chop in the back. This is what this is what he does. He figures out how to win. It's all he knows how to do. For the greater good of the Federation and in the name of the Enterprise crew, it's James C. Kirk. All he does is win. Jim is trying very hard to win favor of the judges here. Yeah, he's quoting yeah, Arena. He's like, what? What was I doing? I, just, I was just telling you about James T. Kirk. Uh, be, be careful. You, you don't want to get disqualified there, Jim. No, that was my argument. That's James T. Kirk. Uh, Chris, opening statement. Okay, so Wesley at this point is an omnipotent being. So this kind of situation where they're battling – I don't know that he's really going to be into that. If he had to, I think using his intelligence, which, as we all know, Kirk is, does, does not go brain first. He's all, you know, fist in the face first. And so I think Wesley would have an advantage just in that he's really smart and could probably, I mean, I kind of feel like if he had to do battle, he would find a way to turn the Borg toward Kirk, and then Kirk would be battling the Borg, not Wesley. Okay. So what would happen with Captain Kirk is that he would get a, the situation uh, in his sights and it doesn't matter if it's an omnipotent being. He takes lunch money from omnipotent <laughs> beings, okay? He's, he's beating the Metrons. He's beating the Scalosians. He beats them all. I mean, he just knows how to manipulate a situation in the right way so that at the end, he's standing on top. And usually his, the guy he's beaten in the death match is his best friend. I feel like Kirk has a little bit of plot armor here, which, which yeah, can, we, can we I have ask to kind of question? work around. What's what? I yeah. don't even know what that is. 
Your answer, <laughs> your, your argument is J- Kirk would win because Kirk always wins, yeah. which is that, circular. That, that's not my argument. So Jim, Jim's first move is um, confidence. Chris, <laughs> how, how would Wesley counteract that? I think, I mean, Wesley, he's intelligent, but he also has all this knowledge having traveled, you know, he's a traveler. He travels, he acquires knowledge. He learns about the, the greater universe. And so I feel like this kind of petty struggle would be beneath him. And so I think he would, I think he would try to avoid it in that if he's, if there's no way to, to avoid having Kirk, attack him he would find a way to deflect that attack and and like i said divert it elsewhere where there's other enemies or just cut out well it's a death match so we're fighting to the death like in that case that's what he's doing but kirk is going to take that situation and evaluate it and whether it's that they're they're now they're on the deflector dish of the <laughs> 1701e fighting in eb suits yeah no, nobody's <laughs> even mentioned the fact that you, by I, now you're both being assimilated because you haven't even dealt with the borg yet i dealt with the borg i said i was going to get the Borg to attack kirk you didn't say how with omnipotent uh, intelligence can, can you guys please attack him and not me <laughs> wesley I, probably doesn't need an ev suit anyway yeah, I feel like Wesley could just yeah, he's, be invisible if he wanted to. But an even, and then all we have left is Kirk and the Borg. And an even more powerful omnipotent being is forcing him to fight to the death. Well he what ha- just, well, well we know what would happen here is that that Wesley would, would make his claim and, and step in to fight the death match, and then Kirk would just step back and explain to him why there's a better way. <laughs> and that way is for Kirk to win. <laughs> All right, time's up. <laughs> I feel like this is a much more intellectual battle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have, I would have gone more with the, the Wesley having the technical smarts and. What's he going to do with know, technical smarts on the in this case? I don't know. Open a open a panel and turn on the deflector dish and fry Kirk or something. Yeah, but he's on the deflector dish. I guess it doesn't matter though, because he's I don't know. I'm That's too, too late meeting. now. Too late now. He failed. Claire, <laughs> Claire uh, tell us what this, you think. This is a super weird one because I don't think Wesley Crush would fight in the first place. I think he'd be like laughing at Kirk for trying to take swings at him, and then blip across away to another galaxy and be like, "Bye guys, smell you later." I don't think there would even be a fight. So Kirk, I think Crusher would Wesley would win on a technicality and that he wouldn't even participate. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be like, what are you doing? I'm I'm gonna go wear a weird sweater and show <laughs> up, you know, wherever I want, hang out with the traveler, whatever. He could blip just right out into space and watch Kirk get overcome by the board. Yeah. Like I think I think fighting is you, you could have said that, but you didn't. Right. Yeah. You, that's fair. I kind of did, but not exactly. (laughs) I don't think travelers are supposed to be like traveler. Travelers seem immensely chill. And that seems like a prerequisite for being a traveler, which is you're not going to use your power to fight someone in the first place. Uh, But even so, I think he would just be like, this is a waste of my time. I could go be doing literally anything else. 
Kind of like Abraham Lincoln, but he's been uh, cut into three pieces and he's on the floor of Saratoga. So. <laughs> that's all right. The, the board, anyway, the uh... board, the board <laughs> recovered his corpse from space and have reassembled it and, re- and assimilated him. And now the board have like weird Abraham Lincoln knowledge. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's true. Uh, Jen, what do you think? Uh, I agree with everything Claire just said, but also he's James T. Kirk. He never loses. Flawless logic. Plot armor. <laughs> plot, plot armor well, is him. effective. Yeah, <laughs> I heard a song about this once. And well, this, I seem to recall a song too. Yeah. Th- this battle does take place within the Star Trek universe, and Kirk always winning is canon. Nope. Part not, of it. Not Part always. Of the deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he I remember won. him falling off a bridge. He lost one time. He already won. Oh, did and what happened <laughs> yeah. to, to Soren? Oh uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> not every not every win is a win. He Sometimes got blown up. Sorry, got blown up. I mean, everybody dies. So, well, except Wesley. Anyway, let's just let's vote. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I, I think I think I, just for the fact that that even though Chris didn't say it, Wesley could blip himself out of the har- out of harm's way and just let the Borg take over Kirk. I think that's uh that the Wesley would win the battle in the end. Oh yeah, Wesley. 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 He's gonna he's gonna kick Kirk's ass and go home and just chill in his sweater and like a <laughs> real really hot. Uh Kirk Kirk would put up a hell of a fight with those Borg though. I will I will say true. that. Yeah. He he would not go down easy. That's true. So who won that one? So Wesley gets the win. Yeah, Wesley got the win. Okay. Uh, round five will be Jen versus Claire. Hey. All right. <laughs> and it is uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Nanite Collective Intelligence from Evolution. <laughs> Good grief. Ooh, okay. <laughs> versus. <laughs> None of mine are going to be good against this. Man, this really wants Abraham Lincoln again. <laughs> uh, a pack lid with a suitcase nuke. Ooh. And this will take Ooh. place uh, on the ancestral this... land from a mock time during uh, Kun Ut Kal Ifi. Ooh. Oh, this is automatically unfair because Jen knows way more about how suitcase nukes would actually work than I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually in a battle arena. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, opening statement, Jen. Or should we tell? We should tell what who our character. Oh yeah, are. I keep forgetting that part. Uh, tell us about your character. Okay, so the Nanite Collective Intelligence is from the episode Evolution TNG. Uh, they uh, evolved from uh, non-sentient medical bots. You know, little medical bots um, that Wesley Crusher again was experimenting on and he somehow uh whatever he did caused caused them to evolve into this collective intelligence and they took over the enterprise basically all right uh claire tell us about your character uh pack leads are, no- are notoriously intelligent no <laughs> they, uh, they are they are scavengers sort of who just pick up technology or or con- convince other species to give them technology they don't really know how to use it. They just know that it makes them go. It makes them strong. They want to seem capable, and they're very much not. 
And a suitcase nuke is a suitcase nuke. This is an interesting comparison because they both, both of these uh, characters involve technology. The, the nanites yeah. use the technology, um, they absorb it to, and to use it as food to replicate. So they kind of want to, things that make them go to the same way the Paclids want things and, that make them go. And you're in an arena that has very little technology. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. Except for the suitcase mm. nuke that you introduced. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, opening statement, Jen, go. Yeah, I mean, there it is. So the nanites would, the Paclid, first of all, would have no idea what was going on. Does the Paclid even know they're in a battle? Probably not. Where is the Enterprise? Exactly, exactly. So the nanites would sneak into the suitcase nuke and, and, you know, and, and disarm it because if that nuke goes off, everybody dies. Um, so they would eliminate that portion of the problem easily. Um, and then, I mean, since there's no other technology around, they, they, they wouldn't be able to rely on, oh, you know what? I should have had the, no, no, no. I'm trying to see like, if they could there's do still something. Time. Yeah. If they could mm-hmm. use, like send a bolt of electricity out of the suitcase nuke before they disarm it. All right. Uh, then Cla- we'll make it go off. Claire, what's, what's your opening yeah. statement? Hmm. I, my opening statement is that this poor Paclet is going to take himself <laughs> and everyone else down with him because the first thing he does is he drops the suitcase nuke and it hits, it bounces a certain way and it goes off. but but technically he has defeated his enemy for for one one billionth of a second he was strong would that kill the nanites though i don't know jen what do you think (laughs) yes because the way they want it to kill if i'm being honest the way they want to kill the the nanites and evolution was with radiation yeah with radiation they'd be really they'd be like a foot away from it or something yeah yeah. (laughs) now would would the nanites have time to disarm the briefcase before it hit the ground. I think they'd be able to sneak up and disarm the suitcase before the Paclid realized that that he or she should drop the suitcase. But you know, bef- but the Paclids are fumbling. See, I, I just imagine he fumbly <laughs> accidentally drops it. This is not a malicious uh, wiping out half of Vulcan. This is just Paclid. <laughs> Vulcan, I forgot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a, a ding dong Paclet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Ignorance can be dangerous. Just dangerous. Keep in mind that you you have Lerpas available. That's true. Could the could the well, nanites use the metal and the Lerpas to like construct something? I don't know if they can like eat metal or something. I don't. Yeah, know. they they eat it, but then they make more nanites. I guess eventually, if they eat all the metal and the and the Lerpas, hmm. they eat this the suitcase nuke and everything. They can. Yeah. Build would, enough nanites to engulf the Paclid. Yeah. How would the nanites uh, move through, you know, sand or whatever it is that they're standing on in the middle of this arena? They can do but, that. Yeah, they would. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't need electrical conduits to move in Enterprise. Right. They were going all over the ship. That's true. Yeah. So. 30 seconds. And I, and I guess they they did come from medical bots first. So I guess they yeah. could just enter the packlet and stop his heart that way too. <laughs> but then he drops the suitcase. <laughs> After as they disarm the suitcase. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
this uh, suitcase canon? I don't know if that. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is from Lower Decks, pretty much. They had that bomb. Oh, they, were they did have the bomb. That oh, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they needed they needed a second one because he tested it. He said, "Hey, it worked." Right. Now we. That's right. <laughs> Oh, it's no. a bomb. It only oh, no. works one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time's up. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? This is a interesting one. Um, I mean, the Packlids are <laughs> not possessed of a great deal of intelligence, and the 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 nuke is a curveball. However, I think if the nanites can, can get to that nuke, I really, I, I think if that would have to be a pretty unstable nuke, if it's in a suitcase and it's just dropped and it goes off, I think <laughs> that that would be That's a good point. I, that sounds that sounds like a pack a pack lid built nuke. It, it, yeah. But the pack lids wouldn't build it. They would find it. Right. They would find it somewhere and just, and to find some to find an unstable nuke in a suitcase, I I've kind of feel like it would be a little bit more secure than that. So I think the nanites could probably infiltrate that suitcase, do away with the nuke, create a lot more nanites based, you know, taking the metal and just overcome the pack lid. Counter argument if they had a bomb in the suitcase, a nuke in a suitcase before they walked out into the ancestral. Uh, ring there they would have like flicked every button opened it up and touched everything yeah. and it would have been oh, on the verge blowing up they might so have dropped blown them blown it up before yeah. they even got there but that doesn't <laughs> stop the fact that the nanites would be able to defeat it's just too it's too perfect yeah i think the nanites have a definite advantage i mean the packlid winning is totally based on chance and so but Just, he wouldn't you know, win because he died too. So I, yeah, I think I think that even even if even if the pack would won, he would still lose. So I got to give it to the nanites. You play for the draw. Oh, you could uh, that actually? We could. I could vote for a draw here. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. But know. I'm not going to. I don't I'll know be, if a draw be, is against the rules. I, I don't think it's pertinent here. I think the nanites. Well, but if you both die, if I'm going to give the nanites. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, yeah, but nice. both dying would mean that the pack led loses because the winner has to survive. Yeah, but the winner's w not going to survive. W if Worf, they both die. Worf had to make it to the. But to the, the nanites aren't surviving. So what? It, but if yeah. they both die, then right. There's, there's... So if, if I if... bet one nanite would survive. Oh, that's fair. Oh, oh yeah. Um, there's a lot of nanites. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's they're, fair. They're, they're like cockroaches. Yeah. yeah, at the start over. Yeah, right. it's burrow underground or something. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to give it to the nanites. Yeah, it's that's tough. Yeah, this is like golf, right? Where like the lowest score. Although to be fair, I did choose extremely weird, possibly bad options. Fantastic picks. Yeah, great list. Okay, oh, was that it already? Uh, there's one That's more round. Oh, okay, good. Round. Uh, this will be Jim versus Jen. Go. Uh, Jim's character will be uh, Jayla. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oof. Versus. Uh, <laughs> Calafi Torres from Blood Fever. <laughs> 
This is on a Herogen World War II holodeck program, and dude, this is a good one. Taurus is pregnant, which no, yeah, she's not pregnant. She's Kelsey. No, she's Taurus. pregnant in that. So she's, she's Kelsey, Taurus, and pregnant. Yeah, she's in the yeah, hologram. she's she's yeah. both. All right, that's not fair. Uh, <laughs> that's not fair. It's a whole hey, th- this th- this is round six. You know, things get weird, oh, weirder okay. and harder as we go here, right? All right. uh, so, uh, Jim. So, sorry, the venue is the Herojin World War II setting. Yeah, the, the holodeck program on the Voyager from yeah, Voyager, okay. and okay. ironically, uh, Torres is the one who is pregnant. I thought that would work out differently, but it worked out perfect. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jim, not tell us me. about your character. Okay, Jayla is, uh, we don't know her species. It's not canon. Uh, she was in Star Trek Beyond. She was a, a local raised to fight and escape and survive. Uh, uh, Kroll's uh, nest and teams up with the Enterprise and uh, the rest is history. She joined Starfleet. She's got a great technical and uh, engineering acumen as well as ability to fight i didn't even consider the kelvin timeline that's your problem that's fine jen tell us about your character so balana torres is the half human half klingon chief engineer of the starship voyager and um (laughs) she's proven time and time again to be one hell of a fighter um she's a badass and I guess she's pregnant here. <laughs> uh, but, well, I was going to say specifically, my, I, I picked Califi Torres from the episode Blood Fever. And this is where she uh, has kind of um, adopted the um, Vorix um, Ponfar. So she's, just, she's in, in the, the grips of, of Ponfar as well. So she has that added bloodlust. So see, it, it, it works because she's already pregnant, but <laughs> because he mel- melded with her and transferred it, she still has the pond far. Like, does okay. her fetus also have pond far? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> this Let's not weird. think about it too, uh, <laughs> too deeply. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to no, go visit the doctor and find out. Wait, how did, is she pregnant in this episode? In this episode. Her hologram is pregnant. Yeah, d- oh, during okay. this season of Voyager, she was pregnant. Yeah, so okay. in the episode on the holodeck, they let her be pregnant. I got you. But okay. the as episode, part of her character. But in the episode where she has pawn far blood fever, she's she not is pregnant. not pregnant. Right, right. She's not yeah. pregnant. And I did right, not but, pick. A, oh, I did not pick a pregnant character. I did okay. not. Based on the venue, <laughs> but on the okay. venue, she has oh, to wow. be pregnant based on the rules that Mike's. <laughs> that is she has to be pregnant. Crazy, because it's that's the. Yeah, that's no, I get it. It's too funny. That's, that is I, I did not expect amazing that that's that amazing that that happened. That's actually amazing. <laughs> For rules of this game, we will say that no matter what happens, the fetus is not injured. That's fair. That's good. Yeah, let's <laughs> that, that that was just for a joke. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It just worked that way better. I, I forgot time. about that. I might, <laughs> I might get some votes against me for that. All right. So, <laughs> uh, opening statement. Okay. Jayla is uh, super agile. She fights like a dancer doing parkour. She can do it all. And so her first move is to, she got that staff that does a lot of damage. So her first move is uh, to whack Bellana Torres a couple of times with that stick while being completely, uh, 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 mobile and and unreachable. Belana Torres is a little bit more scrappy, 
she's a junkyard dog, just like me. She's going to fight. She's going to take Too bad that. She's pregnant. She, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She's in the she's in the grips of Pon Far right here. So she's got the bloodlust. She 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 wants it. That's true. She she's going and she's going to get it. Yeah. She's going to take that. And she, so she's got that, that extra burst of strength. She's going to take that stick and snap and snap in half, make it a hand to hand. Well, well, can, jail is, is, can be agile as she wants. She's not going to be able to, to, uh, to defeat the, the scrappy Bolana once Bolana gets in there. Except that she makes not it a gonna, close hand to hand. Yeah. Except that she's not going to grab the staff because after that first move, Jayla sets off her little hologram decoys and there's four of her bouncing <laughs> around. And I mean, she, uh, Taurus is so unable to focus because of her calafee and she's just absolutely the bloodlust and the blood fever. She can't focus. She can't argue uh, logic. She can't fight logically. So uh, Jayla's just dancing around her with the 40. She has no idea what's going on. All her senses are heightened too. She's been able to sniff out which one is the real one between her, her Klingon senses and her heightened senses from bottom I mean, She's going to figure so, out which one is, and she's going to go right for it. Jayla she's going to give so, her one of these right in the face. Listen, Torres doesn't have this fighting experience in her back, in her, in her history. She's got this Torres? injection, but she doesn't have this kind of fighting experience. Okay. Jayla has been fighting her whole life like this, fighting Manus, fighting Kroll, fighting to escape, building a ship on her own. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I don't, I just don't see how a, a... <laughs> J- Jayla does have the experience, but she doesn't have the soul of a fighter. By the way, this is the first like, soul legitimate fight that we have. <laughs> this, is like, this is like a legitimate fight. These two would be awesome. This is, I want to see this fight. I know, this would be great. But I have to say that I think Jayla's being level-headed, her experience fighting, her ability to use the hologram decoys, probably at a higher level than what you even saw and beyond with the motorcycles and her three, uh, her three clones being on a hologram. I just think she's going to have way too many tricks up her. I, I think she just, she just doesn't have the fire that Bolana has. She doesn't have the fire. heart. Of, she doesn't have the heart of a fighter. She has the heart of an engineer, not the heart of a fighter. Bolana is going to be able to outlast her in a fight to the death. Bolana wants it more. Bolana is not going to stop until Jayla, she gets it. Jayla has the heart of a fighter because it's a survive. She's the heart of a survivor. That's what she is. <laughs> anyway, it's a great fight. Thank you for it's coming. And uh, Jayla walks out of the hologram and says, "Hey, that was fun, Erosions. Let's do it for real now." All right, that's time. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hate that you got the last word. I hate it. <laughs> All right, uh, Claire. What What do you think? Uh, the fact that Bolana is pregnant in this is just such a weird thing to have to consider. <laughs> if she was not pregnant, I would immediately be like, definitely Bolana. Uh, but I still think I'm going to end up going with Bolana because she's literally insane right now. She is. She is fighting like she's got the same thing going on that spock had where spock would have killed kirk under those same circumstances that is a fight to the death where you will let yourself like you will fight until you cannot fight anymore it is she is she is chemically altered during this experience she's she's so ready to kill that she is willing to risk the tom paris stds to (laughs) 
to get yeah, over. That's true. I mean, but she's so re- willing to happened? take a pill that she's willing to like put herself into crazy, harmful situations. I don't see how insane helps you be a, a, a more strategic fighter. And I think it's the strategy about here. Strategy. I think I know, but about, the strategy. Like, but it would it's be ten, about, it's about tenacity, not yeah, strategy. Like Bologna, yeah, but but Bologna, it would be about hey, strategy. Mr. Morehouse. Mr. Morehouse. <laughs> I think Bolana would would try to rip Jayla's throat out with her teeth. Whether she actually could is a different question, but I think she would try it. Well, that's no, that's not a different question. That is the question that she no. couldn't, and Jayla would win because no, I mean, I mean, Jayla would have all those holograms, and, I mean, and that that zeroing in, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't help her. She I meant if, to... if like I meant if human dentition could do it. I meant like bite strength for your anatomy. <laughs> I didn't mean like Jayla would let her do it. <laughs> That's what you said. It's literal. literal Thank you. <laughs> it is so weird that you know right. pregnant though. But okay, I actually do have a question <laughs> for you, Mike. Because all none of the other scenarios or settings imposed conditions on the characters. Like yeah, yeah, they like, did. You were in the EV suit for Kirk <laughs> no, 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 and Wesley. No, no, no. Yeah, you, yeah. you had to deal with Borg. Yeah, and then Wes- Wesley didn't need an EV suit, you, but Kirk right. did. Yeah, you had to get off of the Saratoga before it exploded. Who else would have, who would have been pregnant if it hadn't been, if Jen's uh, choice, if I Abraham mean, Lincoln had been on that holiday, <laughs> right, right. he have been hey, pregnant. Luck it, of the draw. Yeah, no, it, it could curious. have been any character. It, it could have been the nanites. That would have been pregnant. <laughs> Someone had to be pregnant in that yep. scenario. Okay, gotcha. That would have been weird. That would have very, would have been very weird. <laughs> Sorry, I introduced Mpreg into your podcast. Totally <laughs> <laughs> did now with historical RPF Mpreg. <laughs> World War II. <laughs> World War II. Abraham Lincoln pregnant while fighting aliens. <laughs> you have to write that, Claire. Oh, shit. I guarantee you somebody already has, which is the sad part. <laughs> what, what were you going to say, Chris? Uh, I, I was just going to say that I enjoy that you said human dentitia. That was my favorite part of this conversation. <laughs> All right. So uh, your, your, your final decision. Claire is uh, uh I am I am going with Bolana, but just by a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Chris. Uh I find this one difficult as well because and, and here here's why. Because um Jayla is a trained fight. I mean, she's been fighting for a long time. She's very a very skilled warrior. Bolana is McKee, McKee. So she's I mean, you know, she knows guerrilla warfare. And she is overstimulated by Ponfar. I mean, plus she's kind of a scrappy badass. So I find this really, really difficult to call. Um, if we're going on pure tenacity, I think Bolana might edge out just because that she is... She couldn't even beat Vorik. That is... She did! She knocked him out. <laughs> they stopped her from killing him, but she won. She beat the Vulcan. That was that. Hey, you've had your. She turn. did. <laughs> she won. Mike Chastain is moved for talking after. <laughs> now it's my turn. <laughs> so that's fair. So, so I. I uh, but she couldn't kill him. Wasn't it that? Bad? I, okay, sorry. I, I haven't. I mean, she you've seen have. you've seen Bolana take a beating, <laughs> and you haven't seen Jayla take. Kind of punishment that you've seen from that you've seen Bolana take. So it's you don't know really what Jayla can absorb. Point of order: We do see her. She's fighting Man, Man- Manus, and he basically gets the better of her at the at the end when she jumps off and 
she's fighting for her life. Yeah, that that, that that's fair. Um, man, I, I I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. This is a tough one. This is this is the first legitimate yeah. battle. We've <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're not we're not dealing with nanites and Abraham Lincoln on this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You should not have said that it could be literally any character in any form, Mike. This is all on you. I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to have to go with Jayla on this one. I, I just, I, I want to say Bellana, but in her, I, I do kind of agree with Jim that she would be compromised somewhat by being under the influence of Ponfar. And um, I, I like that it was never mentioned in the conversation that she was pregnant. Like that was never even a factor in, in your argument. I mentioned it once and then I immediately at the very beginning. You mentioned it and then it was like So that was I, I, I liked that that um never came up. However, it is a factor and I think it would be a factor. So I, I hate to say it, but I think I would go with Jayla on this. So this the one. the pregnancy actually is a factor in my decision as well. Uh-huh. Uh, because I think that not only being empowered by the I know you're going with this the blood rage, uh, Bellana would also have that motherly desire to yeah. defend her yeah. her yeah. offspring. I like that. I like that. That's a good point. And that would give her Bullshit. even an, an, an extra edge. <laughs> she knows I mean, it's a hollow I mean, baby. Valana literally tries to do experimental <laughs> surgery right. on her own fetus that the doctor says is dangerous. And she's like, yeah, I don't care. Because my, my baby might have Klingon ridges. Like she doesn't, oh. I don't know about that. But, but oh, she, she can, she can she, sniff out that Jayla's got hologram <laughs> decoys, but she can't sniff out her own hollow baby. <laughs> the, but but the point of changing the ridges on the baby was to better the baby's life. She cared about the life of the child. Uh, I'm pretty sure the baby. doctor was like, "This yeah. could kill your baby." Yeah, that's I mean, true. I, I, I don't but know. see, see she's she's willing no, to take know. those extra no, risks. I thought I thought he just, to... he just it was just cosmetic, so he oh, wasn't okay. going to. Yeah, do it, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't life. <laughs> yeah. Even if it endangered the baby's life, she's willing to take those extra risks to improve the baby's life. So, which means that she's willing to go extra in this battle I just mean, to survive. Okay, it's my fault for bringing it up. We should not turn this talk podcast <laughs> into a discussion about eugenics. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking now. But yeah, I'm going to go with Bolana. Uh, I, I think that she probably has just a little bit of an edge. <laughs> Uh, for all of the factors, you know, even if we remove the 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 joke pregnancy factor, mm. um, you know, I think I think she's you know she's scrappy, she's a maki, like Chris said, you know, she's got Boric's blood rage, um, and uh, what was this venue? Oh yeah, the holodeck. She's on the Voyager, so you know, even though they're in a holodeck program, mm. well, she she might yeah, home field advantage. She might have a little that. bit of home field advantage. She knows how to call up the the uh, the computer and or or open the panel and change the settings in the holodeck. Yeah. So, yep, I'm going with Bellana. Yeah, Final decision. I didn't even cons- right. well. I, I was going to say I didn't even consider that she's an engineer, and regardless of what ship she was on, she could pull up a panel and change. She, yeah, but she would know the ship. Yeah. That and would have been could, a good argument if somebody had made it. She could change the, the, the program so that she wasn't pro- pregnant. Well, anymore. I was assuming they didn't know that they were in the hall deck, just in like the parameters of the episode, the killer. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it, it's true. It's true. Well, yeah. we can we can remove That's that. That's why thing. I didn't bring that up. 
So you're you're arguing against your character winning? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's settled. It's settled. We're good. Blana. Uh, yes, I will. I will go with Blana. So that's two for Blana, then, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Claire said Blana. Yep. All right. So that was our last round. Um, what do you guys think of the game? I thought it was fun. Great game. So much fun. Great game. I would say my one thing I found, I think it was better when I think later we had more feedback from the other, like during the argument, having questions. I think that was good. Cause there were times yeah. when I was like, I wanted yeah. to interject a question or a thought, Yeah. which I think, I think that helps the, the, the death match. Yeah. I'm interested to see what other arenas and, people yeah. Uh, cho- yeah. choices so, that there were. Uh, we did I, I had everyone submit six a piece that way there would be more variety and less for you I, to uh less you re-rolling yeah <laughs> uh so we'll, we'll start with everyone's other characters yeah um so uh jen her other three characters were salt vampire mm. uh, joran dax in ben sisko's body Oh my Boy. god. <laughs> and I would have won every battle. <laughs> and Queen Agnes. Oh. Oh. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Although Oh yeah, and you said in Cisco's body. Perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 Field of Fire Jorandax is a wet noodle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Jorandax and he's basically and Cisco a hallucination, is, yeah. But when he's yeah, Jorandax in Cisco's body is yeah. like an all-time badass. Yeah. I would uh, not mess with that guy. No. <laughs> Jim's other three characters were Suru. Who? Suru. Suru. Oh, Suru. Okay. Uh, Rutherford. Oh, oh. I really wanted Rutherford. Oh, 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 I know. Oh, that would have oh, been amazing. That would have been amazing. Use it next time. Uh, yep. And, and <laughs> Elnor. I thought about oh, doing okay. Elnor too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. A really uh, good one. Claire's other three characters were Super Smart Instagree Barkley. If we both had them against each other, oh my Ooh. god, that'd be amazing. That oh, yeah, amazing. that would have been. Yeah. Uh, D Evolved Wharf. Oh, oh, that's from Genesis Wharf. Yeah, which Wharf yours was, Jim? And probably my favorite from this en- entire thing, uh, George and or Gracie. Oh, I would, I would have, I would have killed myself. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I would have conceded defeat. Yeah, I figure like ninety nine percent of situations they would just die from exposure because they're probably not going to be in like yeah. you know an ocean environment. But maybe they just roll over and onto their opponent and crush them because they weigh so much. I don't know. Also, just as a like an update, if you ever do this again, um, if just in case you have someone like me on again, you should. <laughs> You should narrow the uh, <laughs> literally any character. No, I, it made it, it makes no, it fun. No, it was it was so it's fun. All about the, yeah. It's all about the conversation. Who cares? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. There's yeah, two just, ways I, to think about. It. Just really like Snap Track and Trek Ranks, this is about having a good conversation about Star Trek. It's not about yeah. winning or losing. Yep, that's true. Even though yeah. I won <laughs> <laughs> three and zero, oh. Jen goes Jen goes three and zero. Oh. Three and zero. Oh. Uh, uh, so, uh, first two were legit. Oh, <laughs> that was close. It was that was that was a great final match. I thought. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. That was one. really. It close. was it was close. Yeah, except yeah. for one thing. Uh, Chris's <laughs> other three characters were Shax. Oh, Rock, that's good. Yeah, uh, Rock Talk. Yeah. Aww. And Odo. Ooh, oh, those oh, are those great. Are great. That, yeah, yeah, that would have been good. 
Uh, I did have some uh, other venues that I had in can, or that I was. Can you imagine if we had had Shaxx versus Baby Bear? That would have been the saddest thing ever. <laughs> oh my god! That would have been just the, quit saddest, the podcast. Saddest thing ever. Anyway, let's, <laughs> like let's hear those. Let's hear those venues. Uh, the, yeah, the the other venues that I considered, but I, I kind of thought they would. They were going. Uh, some of some of them were going to be way too complicated for this first time game. So I didn't want to make it too difficult. Uh, but uh, some of the other ones were 10 forward. Uh, oh, Nineteen eighty six San Francisco, nice. <laughs> which would work I perfect like with, with George and Gracie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, locked inside the 1701 cargo bay with two Gorn fledglings. Oh boy. Ooh. Oh Jesus. <laughs> the, the prison moon from battle lines. <laughs> Oh, 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 so you can't die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Pond Far Night at the Vulcan Nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the wreck of the the Kith in the Verubin Nebula. Um, that's the ship, uh, the, the guy that, uh, oh. what's his name, that started the... Sukal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. that would have been good. Yeah, describe. yeah the, the, the burn, where the burn started. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, that's a nightmare planet that's cool yeah. uh the last the last one that i had was a, t- a 2024 doctor's office with ice at the door oh my <laughs> oh, man. Oh, a do not get me started <laughs> do not get me started so good, good ones so you guys i would have said i'm not fighting you i'm fighting ice so. <laughs> yeah. you band together you band together yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly uh so you guys had a good time it's fun yeah yeah, awesome. yeah that was a lot of yeah, fun that was, that was Perfect. Cool. Well, uh, maybe I'll refine the rules slightly and try it again. You know, we'll yeah. m- maybe we'll make this a regular thing on the podcast. Yeah, I think it's. I I, I enjoyed it. Get yeah. uh, get yeah. Fark on here for this. He yeah, would, yeah, would... yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get Fark. Yeah, Fark's time. not invited. We'll we'll, no. we'll we'll wait a few times for Noah because no one's no one's gonna pick Donatello and Man yeah. at Arms. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we will. Yeah, we we don't need to go. We 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 don't need Shaxx going up against Jim and the holograms. <laughs> Although, don't talk about plot Jim. armor. Shax oh. has plot armor. Oh no, no, I mean Jim, Jim is going to win that. Jim's going to win that battle. That's yeah. that hands down. You know why? You know why? Synergy. She's truly outrageous. She's truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly. Truly, truly, outrageous. truly outrageous. That's right. <laughs> Jim's in in Vegas right now, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I wish I was there. Me yeah, too. we wish we wish you all were here. Yeah. Okay. Well, ending on a downer. Yeah, we'll talk. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks everybody for for coming. Uh, wh- why don't we let everyone tell our listeners where they can find you uh, and remind them again what your your podcasts are, except for Claire. Claire's on every podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the Trek Ranks podcast, a podcast about all the reasons we love Star Trek. Over and over again, like 140 episodes now, uh, at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise Extra. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Chris. This was awesome. All right, uh, Jen, tell us again where we can find you. Yeah, my podcast is Snap Trek, where we have competitions sort of like this and where nobody wins, but everyone has fun because we just talk about Star Trek. And uh, you can also find me at, on Twitter. I'm at Edith Quarks on Twitter. And d- don't forget uh, the poetry. 
<laughs> the questionable poetry. <laughs> <laughs> come uh, come for the track talk and stay for the poetry <laughs> or, or leave. The <laughs> uh, Claire, where can people find you? I am on Twitter. Uh, my handle is isolinearchip with an underscore at the end. Okay. And um, I think everyone listening knows where to find us. And if they don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they're here, they know how to find us. If they're already listening to this, they know where to find us. Yeah. Uh, I'm Mike, and this is Chris. We're from Five Year Mission. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for listening, and this was a lot of fun. Uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime soon. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. like five-year mission and do you like getting exclusive content you should head over to patreon right now and visit five-year mission because we've got all the exclusive content that you're not getting on any other social media there's videos pictures sometimes we post news there before we post it anywhere else behind the scenes of us working on albums and podcasts and sometimes just pictures of us goofing off that we don't put anywhere else only on patreon and there are many options to choose from. You can be a lieutenant commander, you can be a captain, you can even be an admiral. Each of those comes with their own special perks. One of the perks of being an admiral is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. Currently, our producers are Carol Jones, Jen Tift, Helen Lake, Stephen Frankie Palopoli, Roxy and Becky, Debbie Ranky, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. So what are you waiting for? Go to Patreon slash Five Year Mission right now. That's the number five year mission. And sign up. It's that easy. Mike, you remember when we were in Chicago a few months ago? Yeah. Well, I went over to the Fansets booth and just got a bunch of pins. I went home with so many pins, and they are so cool. They're these enamel pins, and I got things like the Gorn and Wesley Crusher, and they look so great, and I just love them. So, you know what else is cool is that they've been doing a Women of Star Trek. They have the Shauna. They have Tendi. They even have all the, a bunch of the characters from Prodigy, like Dahl and, and Murph and, and Zero. So they have tons of pins. They have you know DC characters, all kinds of stuff that you can buy, and at really reasonable prices. Yeah. Uh, if you're into pens, it's definitely the place to go, especially if you love Star Trek, because they've got a lot of Star Trek pens. Head over to fansets.com, and you can use the discount code TREKGEEKS. That's all capital letters. Uh, Trek Geeks, uh, I believe that gets you 10% off every purchase. Uh, fansets.com. Fansets, we, we've got characters. Fansets. Our pins have characters. That's it. So that was fun. Yeah. I, I thought that, you know... It went a lot better than I th thought it would be. I, it, I, it was a little stumbly at first. I, I had no idea how it was going to go. I was prepared for a complete train wreck, and it was only a mild train wreck. It was, at the beginning, it went off the rails a little bit. I think it was not so much off the rails, but it... It, it, it needed to find its... kind of started and stopped, and then, yeah, but... I think well with that with editing with editing <laughs> it might, might yeah you can just get rid of all that stuff we just said because with editing you're not even going to be able to tell no I thought it went really well I thought um some really interesting picks in there yeah. uh everyone so basically uh, everyone sent me their lists like 
late last night or today. Okay. So I had no idea until like this morning and I started seeing everybody's choices and I was like, what is going to happen <laughs> on this podcast? You saw Abraham Lincoln and you're like, wow, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. I was like, what's going to happen when, when Shax goes up against George and Gracie <laughs> on, on shuttle pod one, this is not going <laughs> to yeah, that would have been interesting. Well, I think since you're rolling the dice, the die though, it gives you the ability to veto things. Right. So if we were in Shuttle Pod One and George and Gracie came up, you could roll again and be like, "That's not gonna work." Yeah. So I think I think it went. I, I think it was good. I had fun. Good. Well, we'll 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 maybe do another one of these down the road. Yeah. You know maybe. You know, get get another three or four podcasts under our belt, and yeah. we'll we'll revisit. Maybe invite you know one of the other guys to join us. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm I actually you know uh, I'm sure Fark would probably have a good time with this. No, I, I know he would. I know he would. I think all of, all of us Noah would too. Yeah, and you know he's going to bring the. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't need Han Solo. <laughs> Or Han Solo's way too uh, mainstream for Noah. He he would pick like Salacious Crumb or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But we'll bring Noah on eventually, and he can bring his ridiculous characters. Yeah, he's got lots of ridiculous. He is a ridiculous character. <laughs> he is Noah is a ridiculous <laughs> character. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Five Year Mission the podcast. Thank you all for joining us. And having fun with us playing our game, we'll definitely do it again. Um, yeah, that's that's it. That that wraps it up. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next time. Bye. to Five Year Mission, the podcast. If anyone is interested in listening to more of our music, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we will be the first thing that pops up. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at fiveyearmission at gmail.com. You can also find us at fiveyearmission.net and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This has been a classic Rittenhouse production. Coconut.